Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. are you today? I am super excited. This is monumental, right? This is huge. We have, we have a star amongst us. We do. Who needs Andy Cohen? Who needs Andy Cohen? No, we don't. We don't. I don't need Who Andy Cohen. He? Who, who is, is this mystery guest that we have on, on the air? Oh, we have somebody who has the same exact hairstyle as Andy Cohen. So Absolutely. And honest, to be honest, I'm going to say Andy <laughs> Cohen is jacking uh, our guest style more than the other way around. I think so. He did not have that hairstyle before our guest did that. Yeah. That, bitch stole our guest's look. <laughs> yeah. Get off his jock, Andy Cohen. Anyway, our special <laughs> guest is our dear, 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 dear friend who actually kind of inspired us to start this. Like, right. he was just like, I just think that it would be great for people to listen to you guys. So if you hate us, it's this guy's fault. It's right. Richie D from Yay. from the the famous Instagram account at Caduce that has been seen in Andy Cohen's Instagram feed, Ramona Singer's Instagram feed, Erica Jane's Instagram feed. And most recently, Danny Pellegrino. Yeah. Yeah. Karen Uger uh, posted and then deleted. (gasps) (gasps) That's Um, even better than just posting. (laughs) So did Lisa Rinna because she was getting too much of a backlash. Because oh, it, wow. it, it was a Denise post. It was like, oh. I think it might have been the, oh, you're so angry, Denise. <laughs> oh. But she secretly, so Karen secretly loves you, though, Richie. Welcome to our podcast, Richie. Oh, I love it. Wait, 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 wait. What show is this again? Wait, because who booked wait, me on this show? You don't know what city you are in? You don't know yeah. what city you are right. in? What is this? I know, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to give the star treatment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can be like Andy Cohen when he hosts all the reunions and like has not seen a single episode of a show. <laughs> it's like Andy Cohen, Andy Cohen when he hosts below deck reunions. He's like, "What? You guys are on a boat the whole time." He has no idea. <laughs> so, That's Richie, right. we're going to dive into a little bit about your process as a digital content star a genius really he's not just a star he's a genius he created he genius. this no go and on now, now it's, tell, it, it's tell me taking more. over the interwebs <laughs> yeah there's truly nobody else doing what you're doing right now right, right. Um, what, that is what i'm afraid of I'm afraid of someone's gonna do what i'm doing but only better no they, that keeps no. me up at night yeah, but you know what? I think that you have enough of a following that if somebody was to jack your style, they would be like, Richie D did it best. They would totally have your back. You know who would jack your style, Richie? Erica oh, Jane. What? She would totally jack it and not give you credit for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. When Erica, well, that's a good question. When Erica reposted, did she credit you? She did. 
But I, I do have I do have it watermarked, but I but I feel like she tagged me in it too. Wow. Do you think it's wow. because you're a male and she just she's not a girl's girl? That's like, I, I'm think? sure. I'm sure it was like her publicist. Probably, I assume. Probably. Yeah. Probably. probably. Yeah. So what, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about your process. We're going to learn a little bit more about what, what grinds Richie D's gear. Spoiler alert, it's Hannah Burns. Um, <laughs> but first we're going to talk about some reality TV news this week. So really exciting stuff, Arthi. I feel like Arthi, this all happened because of you and I, because on episode one, you said, I would love for Hala Heather Thompson to come back to Roni. And oh there are God. rumors that Heather Thompson is currently on the cast trip for Real Housewives of I, New York. I, yeah, uh, all the credit comes to us, right? So, so somebody out there, I think Andy Cohen is listening to us. That's what I think it is. I mean, I hope That's so. what it is. That's what it is. So we, we love you, Andy Cohen, if you're listening. <laughs> Could you? I mean, he's not. If the guy's not yeah. watching Below Deck, which is part of his job, I don't think he's wa- listening to our podcast. True. But True. whoever is whispering into Andy Cohen's ears is yeah. listening to us. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm taking full credit for it. Why Absolutely. should we? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you're loving this, that Heather is back. Yeah. I love it. Oh I my feel God, like yes. we, need a, we need a voice of reason. I feel like it was just too wild last season. Danny Pellegrino called it Alcoholics, the TV show. Like that's yeah. what it was. And I'm really glad that Heather's there. Now, the rumor is that she's a friend of and not actually part of the, the cast this year. I think Heather can bring it even with the friend of. She will, she'll bring some drama. She'll bring some, you know, street cred. She yeah. will show Liam of how it's really done. I'm really looking forward to that. I feel I, like I, I can imagine. Do you think they will get along? There. Do you think those two will get along? Because they have this sort of the same kind of, you know, brand. They do have the same brand. Now, I don't think that they are the types to come for each other, like, say, a Bethany. I think that they will come together united um, as a front against Ramona. You think so? I think think that's where they're going to come together. Now, Richie, I know that that upsets you because Ramona's your girl. But yeah. are you excited for Heather to come back? I do. I love I love Heather. I, I mean, those seasons, uh, I love Heather, the season where Bethany came back. Because that was like, I feel that was like Bethany. She really sort of got under Bethany's skin, right? Yes. She called her Beth. She yeah. did. <laughs> she <laughs> called her Beth. <laughs> <laughs> and Bethany, Bethany didn't like that, right? Like yeah. no one calls her, but she gave everybody a probably, nickname, right? She, her mother probably calls her Beth, and then Heather comes along and calls her Beth. <laughs> well, I don't know who it was, but somebody rewatched Bethany getting married, and they saw the terrible relationship that Bethany had with her ex-husband Jason, who I guess she's still married to. And the entire show, Jason keeps calling her Mama. He's like, hey, mama. Hey, pretty mama. Hey, mama. You okay, mama? Are you feeling all right, mama? And they're like, that's why Bethany hated Heather because it was like a massive trigger for her to Jason. (laughs) Could be. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm fully on board about Heather coming back. I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Right, so what's interesting, mm-hmm. right, so on, on the Danny Pellegrino show, in our interview, she did say that the, I guess maybe she's changed the show, that her family basically moved full-time to the Berkshires. They did. Yeah. So, yeah. But I know she still maintains the apartment. Yeah. I mean, I heard it too, and I, w- 
I didn't love what she said because I was like, what are you trying to say about New York? Like she was like, I'm raising young kids and living in the Upper West Side is like difficult right now because of everything that's going on in New York. And I'm like, like what? Like what is going on in New York that you don't feel comfortable living your privileged life in the Upper West Side? But I, I, I thought it was more of, you know, young kids that need to go to school and I have another home and I can send them to a different school. Oh, you're right. Maybe she meant more like you can get outdoors and stuff. Okay, guys. Yeah. Sorry. So I was I, like, yeah, if, if you had another home and you didn't have to live in the city when you were going through all of this, you would move too. All right, fine. You're right. I don't know why I preemptively tried to cancel Heather, even though I fucking love her. I don't know why. Okay, I'll cancel. I don't know why I'm defending and giving a reasonable explanation when you know nothing here is reasonable. But no, I I love it. I'm excited for Heather to come back and just like yell at somebody. I just I really love the way she yells. It's great. Um, in other casting news, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has two exciting new updates. One, they have a new housewife named Crystal Kong Minkoff, and she is like. 35 she's my age she's the wife of a like a disney producer mm-hmm. and then the other exciting news is that kathy hilton has joined oh the show God. officially but what are your thoughts on this I, I still think it's going to be boring i think kathy could have come in a few seasons ago and that would have been a lot more interesting when kim was going through all that shit with the drifter that she was with and all of that kathy would have been an interesting interesting ad then i think now they're just trying to because no one wants to do the show and it's so boring they're trying to recreate jersey what do you think richie so i happened to be watching the reel this morning and Mm -hmm. i have to say it's the first time i watched the reel um (laughs) Because they had Kamala on and they asked Garcelle about the new housewife. And she said she only met her for the first time yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, she spoke highly of her. But she says and they only met yesterday and she knows her husband, I guess, through the film industry. And they talked about the, the need for diversity on the show and welcomes it. I mean, I think that, I mean, that show needs some energy. So I'm all for it. And Kathy Hilton seems like if, if she bring, brings Kim Richards along with her. That's the only way I would sign up Kathy Hill. Yeah. So maybe if Kim comes too, maybe then it would be okay. Here's the thing, guys. We've all discovered now over years of watching Beverly Hills that Kyle is just like super insecure and she always wants to be the one with the best everything, right? There's very much like insecurity that comes from her childhood family dynamic, right? Where like Kim was the more famous one and Kathy is the more successful one because she's married to a Hilton. So you know that like Kyle has a lot of like baggage. She's got like a massive complex. So I'm excited about the possibility of watching Kyle unravel because I don't care how successful you are. When your older sister comes and makes you feel like a stupid little shit, you can you still feel like a stupid little shit. And there's nothing better than Kyle's sister coming and making her feel like a stupid little shit because like all the other women they don't come for kyle but kathy's gonna come for kyle because kathy's her sister in the same way that kim used to come for kyle right but you know what would be interesting would be if the hilton whatever uh, uh, kathy's husband's name is uh, he comes from mauricio that would be fun yes didn't mauricio still have uh, almost all of his clients or half of his clients something like that yeah, that would be interesting to see them interact. So there is an old an old season of Real House of Beverly Hills. Uh, Mauricio and Kyle go to London to Nikki Hilton's wedding. Yes. Right. In, and Mauricio is uninvited to the wedding. Oh, that's right. Right. 
Oh my God, Richie, you know everything. They sort of they cover it like sort of very because you know, they don't actually show the wedding, but they're all traveling. I think they go to Italy with Lisa and Ken, and then they then they go to London, and the just says, "Yeah, Mauricio is uninvited." Yeah, they I don't, remember they, they that. Kind of yeah, over it. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be great. I, I mean, I hope that they go more into that because that's the thing, like, even though I know they're trying to make it like New Jersey, the best thing about that franchise where it was all this glitz and glam, but there was like a severe darkness to all of this, right? Like on the surface, they all look like beautiful, wealthy, fancy partied people. But underneath you had like abuse and alcoholism and family issues. And I really like that about a housewife show. And I'm so I'm hoping that that's what we get with Kathy joining. We'll see. To be determined. Yeah. Right. I'm not hopeful. Right. The early days of Beverly Hills was completely dark. You know, it was real, but it was also, you know, with, you know, Taylor Armstrong's um, yeah. domestic abuse, Kim Richards' alcoholism, uh, Camille Grammer's marriage. But now it's all, everything just seems fabricated. It's one storyline. So um, yeah. it still needs something. So yeah, I, 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 Housewives. <laughs> I wish Sutton was full time, but Apparently, she's still Wayne's friend of. Yeah. Guys, congratulations. It's yeah. all happening. Sheena is yes. pregnant. She sure is having a baby. And did you see the a picture she posted? She was holding an ultrasound uh, picture of a full nine-month-old, like eight-month-old fetus. I was like, that's not what's inside you. What, whose who baby are you? No, okay. no, I will say, I know, I think that was also surprising to me when I would see ultrasound pictures now because, like, I had my kids a while ago. So I'm yeah. like, this isn't what they look like in the ultrasound. But now they, yeah, they really fixed the technology. Because, yeah, yeah it's but strange. not, but even then, it's, de- you can't fix, you can fix technology. You cannot fix development. Okay. <laughs> the fetus development. That fetus, that fetus looked fully made. <laughs> I know. It's like when they show it's like when they show newborn babies in soap operas. It's like a toddler. Like yeah. wing. You know what I mean? So I know I get it. But I'm very excited for her and I'm happy that she I like am too. there's no nasty, toxic Dossie, Kristen, Katie, Lala, none of that. Cut it out. And she and she had a miscarriage some time ago. So I hope it brings her a lot of happiness. This is one person I can actually be super happy about. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Sheena, but like there's just something so strangely pure about her in some way. Like, you know that at the end of the day, Sheena just wants to be loved. And I mean, she's a mess. Don't get me wrong. But there's just something really lovable about her. And I love her. Right. And she gives her all. doesn't matter what kind of douchebag she's going out with. She gives each person their all. She gives them an Apple Watch. She gives them a She's a She's a giver. Yeah, I do want to know how much Clear Blue <laughs> paid for the ad. <laughs> Sheena probably I mean, Sheena probably paid them. <laughs> no, so it's it's it, I mean it is an ad. Her her pregnancy yeah. announcement is is an ad. Paid partnership with Clear Blue. I just see. I'm obviously it's completely odd. I think at that kind of announcement, but I guess I can't shame her right i mean i mean get your paper girl like get it Mm -hmm. i don't i mean you know sheena is all about that hustle and i i appreciate it i think that there is there is not enough credit given to sheena for putting her her whole life out on the show okay like the show vanderpump rules would not (laughs) exist if sheena didn't come on as brandy's ex-husband's side piece like so I think that, you know, Sheena, Sheena's carried the show on her back 
as weird as she's been and as wacky as she is and even though everybody says like oh she's so fake she can be fake but she produces and i appreciate that so good for you sheena get that clear for sure get that clear money and and two last season she so much wanted her fertility journey to be her storyline yeah and bravo tried to make it but they they, they, they have a montage at the end where basically the other castmates are so uninterested in her fertility journey yeah because they're monsters they're all monsters all they cared about was each other's. Bratney didn't get a clear blue endorsement or a... <laughs> what did she get? She got corn? What did she get? Yeah, they just... I think Jax She got is Goya little- corn? No, yeah, you know it's Goya, too. She, <laughs> she definitely got... Like, she got nothing. And you know that, like, Jax is at home seething because he wants that sweet sponsorship money. But right. good for you. All yeah. right. So, Richie, you are... You're a digital superstar right now. Okay. You're climbing up the ranks. Okay. I remember when Richie used to just post his videos in our little Watch What Crappens groups. And I was like, yeah. this guy is a genius. And right. I remember meeting Richie for the first time in 2018 at a Crappens live show. He was sitting behind me. And I remember being like a little bit shocked. And I did not realize in that moment that you would be my buddy. You're like, beloved by all these housewives you're beloved by fucking andy cohen and i'd love to understand i'm sure everybody's dying to know what is your process for putting these genius videos together how did you even birth this beauty beautiful uh, concept here yeah i guess it's not too original i mean i've seen sort of you know cartoon mashups before but i guess i I started i guess october of last year doing the cartoons with the peanuts really just did a whole bunch of vanderpump rules in the beginning and that worked because, you know, clearly, you know, some of the dialogue, all the dialogue of Vanderpump Rules is ridiculous. And <laughs> the cute little peanuts, the peanuts characters. So that's really how it started. I saw it, and I actually think, I think it may have been you already, like when I posted those you know, to the Watch What Crappens group, right? you may have said, I did. oh, I'm only going to watch Vanderpump Rules in, in, in cartoon form. I did. So I thought it was like a person. <laughs> It was like a personal challenge. So I was like, all right, you know what? That's it. I'm going to do a whole bunch of Vanderpump Rules, Peanuts mashups. Yeah. Yeah. Then one of the other housewives. See, no. Peanuts works because I think there's not a lot of email cartoon characters. I don't think so. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool, right? So they have, you know, the female cartoon characters. And I've seen so many Peanuts videos. There's so many, so much love triangles in the peanuts. By the way, he said he said peanuts video, peanuts, peanuts. videos. Go on. <laughs> so there's love triangles. Patty loves Charlie Brown. Marcy loves Charlie Brown. Lucy loves Schroeder. Sally loves Linus. So I think it worked. For, it worked a lot for Vanderpump Rules. Right. It works for Real Housewives of New York too. I'm sure I'm breaking every copyright rule there is no one no one has gotten to you about that right no one has come to and complained about it because it is so beautiful and yet innocent in the way you put it together there's no malice in it there's no hey i'm stealing something from the peanuts uh, archives and i'm messing it up it almost feels like this is what the peanuts would be if these characters would be when they grow up <laughs> and it makes them so identifiable that I, I can identify Gina with one of the peanuts characters. Right. Yes. So it's so beautiful. First of all, what I'm learning is Arthi that one, you made Heather Thompson come back to New York. And yes. the other thing is that if it wasn't for you challenging Richie, we would not have Andy Cohen 
following our friend over here. Right. And like, and who followed you first, Richie? Who followed oh, yeah. you first? That's right. Um, I was it you already, I think you might be my first follower. I, yeah, I I'm was, pretty sure. I was, I think, I yeah. think you need to say that every time. Do yeah. not, so, yeah, yeah. I get higher billing than Andy Cohen, just so you know. You do. That's right. <laughs> yeah. so probably one, of, one of the highlights last, it was not like last Christmas, like Andy commented on one of my videos and I sent him, I sent him a DM just thanking him for commenting. And he wrote back immediately and he said, me and Bethany were just discussing your account. <gasps> I was, that was, I almost dropped the phone. <laughs> oh my God. So I had this whole vision that they were at a holiday party and they were like looking at my videos together. Oh my God. <laughs> discussing me and I had to DM him. Oh my God. Yeah. That's that amazing. So cute. Now Bethany used to follow you and then she unfollowed you. She did. Mm. It was 70 glorious days of her following me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think do? She, I think she cut ties at all, everything Bravo. Yeah. Uh, at, that, so yeah. at that time. Yeah. And I'll still, I'll, I'll still randomly like, uh, you know, it's kind of my thing. I'll randomly DM all, a lot of Bravo celebrities. And I sent a DM not too long ago to Bethany. And I just, cause I was watching uh, some scary Island footage and I just wrote to, to Bethany, I wrote, what did you do to Kelly's friend, Gwyneth? <laughs> my friend, my friend Gwyneth, part. which one? Right. Ultra. Right. <laughs> Ultra, right. So like, it was like a very random, in, in a scary island rant, she, she just yells at her reply? and says, she did. So really? she's going, what? I think Kelly says, why, why did you attack Bennett? Uh, Gwyneth? You know, Paltrow. Yeah. So I wrote to her. I just said, DM, I said, I wrote that exact line. <laughs> Why did you attack attack Kelly Benson's friend Gwyneth? You know, Paltrow. <laughs> and she just wrote back, no clue what you're talking about, but thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was that the day that she unfollowed you. She was like, "I've had enough." No, this was like months later. This was like months later. This was this oh was my recent. God. Oh like, my god! You I, are- I, I like to send I like to send Andy DMs. He doesn't respond very often, but I can see that he sees them. Yeah, but I wrote to him uh, like a month ago. I just wrote, "What are we going to do about Kelly Dodd?" And that was it. <laughs> but of course, I like the we part. You know, like, like, like you're involved. Of, yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, like a you. part of yeah, a part of the decision and the hiring <laughs> and you know and the strategy. <laughs> You're um, like, you're like Andy. Please lube me in on the next Zoom. We need to talk about this. Add this to the right. agenda. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Have you so have you been invited by Andy, or had do you plan to go be one of the audience, the virtual audience, one day, Richie? Uh, I, I may or may not have like requested it directly to Andy. Like, <laughs> maybe several, maybe several times. <laughs> um, that's exciting. I mean, look, look, listen, listen. If Hannah Burner can be on freaking primetime Bravo every single day, which is why are you why are you doing this? If she can get on, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be basically Andy Cohen's co-host at this point. Exactly. So, Richie, this is a podcast about problematic relationships. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. dive into one of your relationships. You have a lot of relationships, but one on IG. It's adorable. Yes but it's problematic. Mm -hmm. So I want to dive into it and learn about your relationship with one Ramona singer. See, what you need to understand 
there is so much more to, to Ramona than her sensual body. <laughs> <laughs> she is warm, caring, down to earth. Okay. Self-made, a giver. Okay. With a warm heart. Warm heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. As she said in therapy. Yeah. Are, are you one of her 60 closest friends? Have you reached I think that so. status? I think so. I think so. So my relationship started with her. I'll give you my, my background. I did a yeah. Zoom call with her back in May. And you paid $100 to charity. And there was 20 other people. I was the only male on the call. And honestly, it was like it was a lot of fun. I feel like she spilled a lot of tea. Don't remember specifically what, but she kept asking, is anyone recording right now? Because I hope you're not recording. And this was, this was early May, so she... Def, you know, people were asked about Leah. She didn't like Leah when she said early. I think she may have even said, "I wanted her off the show." This was like Ooh. early and early. This is like early and which is not surprising. No, no, not no. Really. They, they didn't like each other. But that's how uh, Ramona and, says hello. That's how she says hello. She's like, "Hello, get off my show." Yeah, exactly. She hates everybody. Yeah, she hates everybody in in the beginning. Yeah, except for Richie. Yeah, and, she loves Richie. Go on. Oh, and then, and then, of course, there's a lot of questions about Dorinda because Dorinda was, you know, angry all season long. And her one comment was, "She's a lot angrier than they're actually showing you. Like, they're actually she's actually getting like a kind edit." Wow. Like, oh, wow. I can never, I can never gets better, and she wasn't wrong. It never did get better right. up until the her yelling at Leah about when Leah brings up Tinsley. Yeah. yeah. But, so I took this information and throughout the season, I would just comment to her after an episode and I would, I would say something negative about Leah or I, or I would say something about, Oh, Dorinda's too, Dorinda's too angry. And she would respond to me, you know, she would say, yes, she is. Dorinda is in a well, dark you were place. Stating the fact. Yeah. And she, she's drunk mean tweeting at me now and the press <laughs> is picking it up. And I'm just sympathizing with Ramona for being this victim of Dorinda's mean tweets. Oh my gosh. Uh, our relationship took a turn when she sent me a DM at 4.29 in the morning. <laughs> she asked me about my tattoo removal. Was It was a very painful. And clearly it was a wrong message DM. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Like, I, right, it, was, it was something I had no idea what she was talking about. It was, you know, it was, it was a wrong message. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to respond. So around the season finale, I asked her, I'm like, oh, Ramona, great season. You were great. I hope you're coming back. And she wrote immediately, like, yes, I am. What's your email address? <gasps> I'm like, what? Like, what is, like, Ramona singer is going to email me? Like, I thought, again, maybe I'm being, like, pranked. So oh, wow. a few hours later, I get her email, and she sends me, the invitation to the drag queen bingo. And she goes, here is the invitation. As you can see, it does not say it's a charity event or that you you can't be, bring straight men you know, to the drag queen bingo. And I just never, I, and I, of course, I was sympathetic. I was like, Sonia should never have treated you that way, Ramona. <laughs> Again, right last week, um, friends of mine got a, a cameo from Ramona. And she seemed maybe she was into into maybe some vodka club, tall glass, lots of ice, mint, muddled mint, and uh, maybe a few drinks. And she was saying how much she adores me. And I was like, we have a relationship on the Instagrams, she said. <laughs> yeah, she did. 
<laughs> and on she the, called you on the rich. Instagrams. She called you rich. Thank you for liking my posts and that she adores yeah. me. And that we should meet in person. That's what she said. She does. And I hope this podcast doesn't make her feel like you don't love her right back. You do. You truly do. You like her. Well, yeah, I know she's a monster, right? And I do think her, probably, her time is probably up, right? She's... But I will, here's the thing that I'm hearing though. I know that you think that she's a monster, right? We all know that she's a monster. But here's what I think is really interesting, right? Like we talked about like, who was it is a giver? Who do we just say is a giver? We said Sheena is a giver. Sheena is a giver, right? We have these like very specific personality types, right? And if you're Mm -hmm. like a woman, when you're an adult in your 30s and 40s, one of the best things about watching reality TV shows is that they're very transparent. Like you can very much figure out this person on TV because you've met 15 other people like this in your life at that point. And now Ramona is a special kind of monster. I'm not saying we've met that exact woman, but it's really interesting that like all Richie has to do is sympathize with her. And she's like, here's a personal email invitation that only went out to cast members. And I'm going to forward it to this person on social media at like four in the morning. Right. And I think that that's like, I find what I'm hearing is I think that Richie might be our in to make Ramona a better person. You think so? Because I, I remember the scene where she's like, all I want is someone to love me and take care of me. I think she's at, at the very core. Ramona may be a Sheena, but she also yes. wants somebody yes. to take care of her. Now, once somebody takes care of her, she will still be mean to everybody else around her. Yeah. Um, that's her um, Stasi side of her. But I think there's a side of Ramona that's very much like Sheena. All she wants is someone to love her yes exactly she's got daddy issues I mean, yeah she does yeah she's a complete narcissist but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh so you obviously you love ramona she's your she's your she is your problematic relationship of all time is. on the on the instagrams i mean i don't even think it's instagram anymore i think that if richie was to go to the regency and be like ramona and like see ramona there because she mm-hmm. would be there. If you were to see Ramona at the Regency and you would just go up there and say kadoos to you, yeah. I think you would be like, Rich, it's you from the Instagrams. <laughs> and then you guys. That's how I, env- I, env- I envision that, but I first envision, uh, obviously, she's going to be very rude to me. And I would have to do some convincing that she actually, that we actually do have a relationship and that she actually does adore me. But yeah. We would get there eventually. But so, Richie, here's the other question that uh, inquiring mm-hmm. minds want to know. Does she know that you're taken, that you're married, you're not available? Does she think, or does she think you're one of her gays? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, there's never been. <laughs> yeah, we've never had that kind of back and forth. Do you, yeah. Or does she think that you are, you know, hot stuff and she's making, she wants to get in your pants? Yeah, I'm sure she would. Right. I'd be disappointed if she didn't flirt with me with her straw and her glass. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Can you please, like, we know your wife. So, like, can you not? I, I would never. But if you but... do, can we and your wife come and watch from afar? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> if you choose to do this, I feel like she'd be cool with it. I feel like she'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, like, she'll be like, like let's, all, let's go. Let's go and watch. Yeah, let's get a corner <laughs> table at the Regency and watch this go down. Because it would just be so funny. You could be the new Harry Dubin of the show. All the girls could be hooking up with you. Do Did Shaw say that he's the Tom, Rich, Someday. and Harry? Tom, Rich, and Harry? <laughs> Someday, yeah. 
I do have to try. Yeah, I gotta. I, I did. I do have to foster this relationship and try to get on the show somehow. Yeah, but it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard during COVID and quarantine. Yeah. I, desperate to meet people and i feel like she would meet anybody so she would invite you to one of her dinners if you asked her nicely right now one of her covid dinners that she's having you could go there you could go there with a a biden kamala harris t-shirt on that would be fun (laughs) that would work what i want to ask you is like obviously you love ramona who's your favorite housewife of all time that is not ramona singer well the all-time favorite is bethany franco and i think she's the quintessential housewife richie you too oh my god now people are gonna people already don't like me because of that and now they're gonna (laughs) you're gonna lose a few fans because of that i mean she was so had a quick tongue she was so quick-witted but also you know, she would spar Ramona and all those classic scenes. Oh, it was amazing. I don't like Bethany anymore as a person because I think that I know like far too much about her as like a personality outside of the TV show. But I, I genuinely enjoy watching Bethany Frankel on my TV. I am constantly entertained by her as a housewife. So I know I'm not team Bethany, but I don't mind her on my TV. Yeah, just like no. you don't mind um, Ramona and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, it, wouldn't, it wasn't long for her to... Now she has a podcast. You, 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 it didn't take her long to get back in the spotlight. She couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's she's she wants that. She As much as she acts like she's like one of those like, oh, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't like it. And I just want my space and I want my privacy, whatever. Like she always acts that way. But I think she's another one that just like wants to be loved. I think the people that want to be loved end up on reality TV. Let's be honest. I said, and she is the ultimate broken bird, I thought. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, her mom doesn't love her. That's basically it. You know, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. They share, remember she, they shared the same birthday. Yes. Yeah. I Isn't think, it tragic like, though that uh, I think that's uh, like Ramona, her dad doesn't love her. And for Bethany, her mom doesn't love her. And it's like, they're both broken woods that way. Yeah. I think the best housewives are the broken birds. Um, now, Rich, right. you've been watching Rahasas of Atlanta. For the first time, yeah. I have. How has that been going for you? So I'm only on season three. Best season ever so, of yeah, Atlanta. So definitely, I felt the first two seasons uh, I enjoyed, but I didn't feel uh, connected to the show yet. I mean, there were some yeah. classic scenes. You know, who going to check me, boo? Or <laughs> tardy with the party. Tardy for the party. Yeah. But... The addition of Phaedra Parks just brought it to another another level. And I know yeah. on last week's show, you mentioned the, the baby shower. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, so I, saw, I was able to see that episode. And then the next episode, she does the sexy pickle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> photo, baby photos with Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> Phaedra oh was you know, and it's funny, I know charge. from you know that everybody's tired of Kim or they're tired of Nini, but I mean I'm early in season three. You know, I love Nini and Kim so far. So you know, it's, it's, everybody's lovable right now. So I love Candy. I do think that there was still. I think Kim and and Nini were genuinely fun to watch on TV. Um, the first two on. years, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even with the yeah. addition of Phaedra, even with the addition of Candy, it was all really fun to see those those relationships involve, uh, evolve. I think the, what became a problem was when when Kim started to think that she was like the next Britney Spears or whatever. Like that's when it became, she was, you know what? I got to say this. Kim Zolciak walked so Erica Jane could run. True. Let's be honest. <laughs> 
True. She had the wigs. She had the wigs. She had the tacky songs. She did it for the gays. Mm-hmm. Like she was doing all of those things before Erica Jane. Back when she was doing it, Erica Jane was still her, her husband's paralegal. Like, yeah. Really? Let's credit where credit is due. Let's be even more clearer. Sweetie watched so Mikey could run. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So who's Sweetie? Is that, is that Dwight? No. Kim has an assistant. I don't think we're there yet. I think on season We're not there yet, but Kim gets an assistant, sweetie, that she becomes the center of a whole big um, incident and drama. Yeah. So so Kim's going to go on tour soon. And when she has to go on tour, she needs an assistant. And that's where like diva Kim starts. And then I think when she she also got with a football player, it was like, okay. Then she was like, I have NFL money and I'm going to act like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Beermans became terrible. But mm-hmm. Kim Zolciak was genuinely like wackadoo entertaining. She was entertaining the way Daniel Staub is entertaining. Mm-hmm. She was entertaining the way I'm going to go ahead and say like Kelly Ben Simone was entertaining. Like they were just and crazy. Kelly Dodd. And um, I never thought Kelly Dodd was entertaining. I don't know. But, you know, I know. I agree to this. <laughs> Um, okay, so Richie, are you watching Real Housewives of Potomac? I am. Are you loving it? I do. I am loving it. Who's your favorite? Before the season, I was always a Giselle fan. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like she she knew her job. She knew how to stir it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like she's not having a great season this year. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the Jamal storyline is just not not interesting to me. No. Her weird ass ex husband, current boyfriend looks like R. Kelly. Like he's really bringing her down. I agree. He does look like R. Kelly. Oh my god. Yes. He does. So this episode, Giselle and Juan go ring shopping, and Juan also asks Robin's parents for their blessings so that he can repropose to her. Giselle and Jamal have the weirdest conversation I have ever seen on TV. Uh, Karen and Ray see a life coach. Monique and Wendy host events. And Karen and Candace have some words. So we open up the the episode with Giselle going ring shopping with Juan. Was it, what is it, Morganite? But Morganite is named after Sonia Morgan's family. (laughs) J.P. Morgan. Yeah, so um, Giselle was touching those Morgan rocks. Oh my God, (laughs) stop it. Um, The girl, the salesperson on this episode. Kara, Kara, welcome to Smite's Jewelers. She was like trying to get cast on the show. It's like, Kara, calm down. Sure. She had her best spanks on. She had her microphone on. She was she was following all around. She knew who they were and what was happening, and she was all ready for them. Yeah. This is so staged. And she had the ring ready, and they didn't even look much. They looked uh, uh, the more expensive one, and then they picked the one that they were going to take anyway. It was like it was it was ready for pickup, and they showed up and pretended to have a whole scene about it. Yeah, they could have done a curbside pickup for that one, right? Because right. it was it was like nothing. <laughs> um, and I also think the other scene that I really didn't think was that exciting was when Juan and Robin go bowling, and then Juan asks Robin's parents for their blessing. And I was like, I don't care about this. Because also even Robin's parents are like, we don't give a shit. You guys have been living together for like all this time. Who cares? Right. We don't yeah. We don't really care that much. Yeah. And then right before that, Robin asks her parents, oh, do you know about my tax problem? <laughs> and she says, yeah, we, yeah, we saw it on Instagram. That, that was their reaction. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. You have like Wendy who's like, I'm afraid of telling my mom I don't want to be a professor anymore. And Robin's like, mm, I didn't bother telling my parents about the tax problem. They just found out on Instagram. Richie, I need your expert advice. Yes. If you have to pay $90,000 tax <laughs> and you don't, you end up not paying it. What would be the penalty approximately that the IRS would levy upon? So you? I assume the ninety thousand, right? The ninety thousand dollars. It probably is tax and includes, you know, penalties and interest as well. Oh, you think that so, is including the penalty? It's not that ninety thousand, and yeah. there's on top of it penalties because I thought the penalties would kill you. The penalties on that are like forty five percent. Like if you owe the IRS like yeah. 10 bucks by accident, you don't claim it, they get back to you and they're like, you owe $275. Right. Right. So like the tax is probably 60, probably the penalty interest is probably 30,000. But I said she did it by TurboTax probably. Right. And if, and if you ever use TurboTax before, they ask you so many times, do you have any other income? Then you're like, no. Like, Are you sure you don't have any other income? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, and then she just tells her dad and her dad is like, uh, and you're taking care of it, right? You're not asking me for money, yeah, right? Like, is this a <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. He was I, like, as long as I don't have to pay it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what happens to you. <laughs> Another thing I want to know about Robin, which is just like a my pettiness note, is that Robin is a horrible chewer. Whenever they show her eating, she is just, she's fucking chewing like a goat. And it drives me crazy. She is so like, is, I'm like, um, so is candy. So is candy ass. Is she? Yeah, she does that big chew. You know, the move your mouth. She goes all around. Her mouth moves all around. She does that big chew. But I feel like Candace's chew is like an acting out chew, whereas Robin's chew is more of just like Robin has absolutely no idea what she looks like when she's chewing. Like, I think Candace is trying to be cute and Robin is like, I don't remember that I'm on camera and I'm going to look like a crazy person. She probably too. doesn't. She doesn't remember a lot. She doesn't remember a lot. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. She probably forgets she's on camera. Yeah. Monique is prepping for her live show and she's making goodie bags. And I was like, right. this is why it costs you $200,000 to do a podcast because Arthi right. and I have been doing this for three weeks and we've spent no money on it. So I don't know. <laughs> Where that two hundred thousand dollars? But she was making going. all these gift bags and stuff. Like there were three different colored gift bags. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. Like she's asking people to buy a ticket, and then she's making these goodie bags, and they seem to have a lot more in them. So she spent two hundred thousand dollars to buy stuff to put into those bags. It's wild. Well, what do you think would go inside of our goodie bags if we were to do a live show? Oh crap. I don't think we would have anything in it. Like what? I, I Don't look at me. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I would make it. If I could do a goodie bag for mine and Arthi's live show, it would definitely have Parley G cookies in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. That it would, would have, be, oh, that would be an easy one to put in there. Yeah, it would be Parley G cookies. And Richie, in honor of Jersey, I think we would get a gift card for Rails. <laughs> as in the restaurant. <laughs> as in the restaurant, not cocaine. A gift card for Rails, the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Not Coke. Um, Monique invites Wendy and Robin to the live show a day before the event. And then they decline. And Monique is like, well, they don't want to see me doing well. No, but so, okay. This one I have a lot of thoughts on. So Monique, say, Monique says, I want them to come. And she says that to Robin too. She's like, I know I made a mistake, um, but I want you to come and see how I have grown. But 
later on when we go to the event and somebody asks her how what's what's the status of your relationship with uh, Candy and how where do you stay and she's like well there's a long pause and she's like I would say just pray for both of us so how have you grown what have you done you haven't apologized what how I don't understand you wanted these women to be there to show how you have grown but what were you going to do to show that yeah, not talk about what actually happened and not yeah. actually clear up anything that is being said in the blog. Why couldn't it be in person or whatever? Why did it have to be in a public podcast that you have to show that you have grown? Well, it's because... It's the weirdest she, thing to say. Yeah, well, it's, it's because she didn't actually care about them seeing her do well. If I was in that position and I yeah. did something crazy and my friends were like not really having my back and not dealing with my shit... What I would do is I'd be like, okay, I want to show you how I've grown. Let's go do dinner. Let me get coffee with you. Let's do a one-on-one. Inviting them to a show the day before, which really is just to help you drive up ticket sales, is Mm -hmm. not how you do it. Yeah. And that's – it was like – this is the thing that drives me crazy about Monique, right? Because like Monique – I think says a lot of things that make sense. And I think that sometimes Monique, like the when she's like being real, I think she can be funny. And I think that she can be really interesting. And like, there was a two episodes ago when she had that scene with her pastor. I thought that she was really good. But then she does this phony ass shit. And it's like, I'm not interested in this anymore. So obviously, so- you know, they're doing a television show. So this is clearly that Wendy, Giselle and Robin have gotten together and they are icing out Monique. Yes. Yeah. They're not going to film with her. So it's more than about than anything else. I find that interesting oh, sure. to be like, because clearly they want her off the show, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it does seem, and that, and that does, that's never going to make a good housewife show when some when people refuse to film to film with each other. So I find that, you know, I know it was, maybe it was the day before, but it would have been. It just seems it's so premeditated. I guess I, you know, whatever yeah. however you side between the, the Monique and the Candace fight, you know, this is beyond. You know, they want they want Monique fired. But also, Monique said at that the mediation at Karen's house, she was like, you know, if you guys have events, feel free to not include me. I'm just gonna like take my space for a little bit. So she says those things. She she's the one that said you guys don't have to include me right now. And also, how much time has passed? Like a week. Two weeks, yeah. max? Like, yeah. I don't think weeks, that much time has passed for them yeah. to be like, oh, no big deal that you were running around outside saying that you were going to kill your coworker. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't – yes, I definitely think I hate when they do that where they try to ice out a cast member. But at the same time, Monique told them not to invite her. And she she did something really insane. And then her attempts to be like, cool, it's not genuine. It's just for her podcast. So right. But I think I think um, Richie is on to something else, too. So I think I think it's it is more than what they are saying when they say when Monique, even when Monique says that I don't want to be if you don't want me in a, in a, at your events, don't invite me. What she really means is um, if you don't want to film me, film with me, don't film with me. Right. And when uh, I also think that when Karen takes the middle ground and says that I will support Monique, she's not saying she will support Monique as a person. I think she's saying I'll support Monique being employed with us. So I will not ice her out for filming. It has I think it has little to do with the person and the and the issue more to do with employment and filming with them or, you know, in that sense, I think that's where Karen is coming 
from as well. That she's like, if I say yes and I sell out Monique, then she loses that job. She's yeah. not going to have it because who else will um, um, film with her? And Ashley and Ashley can be convinced to not film either. So yeah. Karen is taking a stance and saying, no, 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 we are keeping Monique on the show. Yeah, I guess. I think that. And what do you think, Richie? I think that's what that may be part of what is happening here. All right. So Ashley can't stand Candace. So that was an easy side for her to take. Right. Yeah. right? So it was. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to what Ashley says, why she's actually supporting Monique in a little bit. But we, we see Ray and Karen go to therapy or oh, sorry, not therapy because Ray is anti-therapy. We see them go to a life coach. Now, right. Richie. You're somebody's husband. You've been with your wife for a long time. Right. What do you think about how Ray is acting? Well, I thought it was a little bit – well, the point was I've, I've always question any kind of therapist or life coach that agrees to be on reality TV. Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> so it just seems right away I kind of you know, I don't give this much attention to it. But In the words of Bethany, your walls are up. Right. Even though <laughs> Bethany's uh, and Dr. Amador's were – quite compelling, but, you know, but I I thought he said some interesting, you know, he actually, he admitted that he said, he's basically having trouble with her fame, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe he didn't come out and say that, but I guess, you know, he wanted, you know, he's not getting the attention. I think it was, you know, he made a a terrible comment about, you know, if she was a housewife, all she mattered to her was the house and him. Yes. He said, said, quote, what has she, what does she have to do besides the house and me? me yeah karen looks straight at the camera she was like you guys seeing this fucking shit like she yeah. looked right into the camera she, did. she looked that. straight at the amazing. camera she was like oh my she god she went full jim halpert like yeah. it was amazing yeah i think i think exactly richie i think he's just like having troubles with her fame yeah yeah, I, I think he, it's less with her fame and more with her, her inattention to him. Right, and clearly Karen feels unappreciated, right? Because she'll keep bringing up that, that she basically bailed him out of his uh, tax debt. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what what I said last week was that she feels like she was there for him for through so many, the tax debt and a whole bunch of other stuff. And she was there for him um, in more than one way. And then now she wants him to be just kind and appreciative and support her. And he just wants to retire and go down to Florida. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I think that Ray had like a baseline for what he expected out of his marriage. And as he said, he wanted her to do the house and him. That's all she wanted. And I think Karen is doing a lot of these things. She's working for herself. She's building her brand. She is this what did she call herself? A public figure. She is all these things. And even if she's doing those things for yourself, when you have a partner, you want your partner to appreciate those things. And the thing is, Ray is not impressed by that because Ray doesn't really care about those things. And Ray is actually even threatened by that. Yeah, he's threatened. And I think the even the deeper thing is he's not impressed by that. He doesn't think it's a big deal. Yeah, and it's really yeah, he doesn't think, uh, He doesn't think her business, his business was awesome. He was a black Bill Gates, but her business and her way of making money is not as impressive. Oh, what is it? Yeah, it's bullshit. That's even deeper, right? So Yeah, and she even says, she says, like, even if you don't care about that stuff, like, I stood by your side. I soldiered, you're supposed, you know, I soldiered yeah. for my man and you're supposed to do the same for me. And it's like, yeah. at the core of it, she just wants to be acknowledged and thanked and like, we, I mean, this is like going to push me into like a whole tailspin because I could talk about yeah. this for hours, but I think we exist in a society that expects so much from women, but doesn't 
pat them on the back. Like women will do 50,000 different things and husbands will still look at women, especially if it's like a younger trophy wife as like, you just take care of the house and give me some sex. And Uh, like, or essentially you can do all of that, but do not change what you were, you were to do in the first place that yeah, you don't exactly. change the basic, you keep the yeah. basic going. You can have your little hobbies. What else yeah. Is going on. yeah. You right. can have your little hobbies, but just remember that I'm the one that controls the dynamic of the house and you still can't right. forget the fact that like, I'm your husband and you have to pay attention to me. And I think it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy, but like at the same time, I think that seeing this on TV is really important because I don't necessarily think that this is unique to like a Ray and Karen type of setup where you have like a 20 year age difference. I think Mm -hmm. this is something that kind of a lot of couples fall into. Not like every husband is out there telling her their wife like, oh, I just want you to watch the house and have sex. But Mm -hmm. I think this can sometimes happen in a relationship where you both kind of end up thinking that the other person's effort isn't really effort. It's just who they are. So I don't really need mm-hmm. to like appreciate mm-hmm. it. So this mm-hmm. is what, oh, every, every seat, every episode so far, I'm just obsessed with the Hugers. I want to, I want a Karen Huger only show basically. <laughs> Me too. But you know, you know, the husband that's not threatened by it is Eddie. Eddie is not threatened by his wife's four degrees. Yeah. Uh, I think Eddie is, Amazing, but I have to remember that Eddie is a season first season husband, and a lot of yeah. times first season husbands seem great, except when your name is Shane. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, he's a real piece of yeah. shit. I don't really watch OC, but yeah, I yeah. have seen enough of him to know that he's a piece of shit. There's like a scene with Wendy and her kids, and I don't really care about it. Why not? I don't know. I just Why not? That excited. A lactation dance is an important dance. Okay, I hated the lactation dance. I was like, you know, I actually realized I don't want to talk about it because it made me cringe because I really like Wendy, and Wendy did a weird like breast milk dance, and I was like, Wendy, <laughs> don't do that. I really like you, and I'd appreciate if you like. Here's the, here's the thing that impressed me about that scene is she had – I didn't realize how many um, – there are so many, it's not poles, but they're like columns around her house. Yeah. She was having all these calls and, uh, in, uh, uh, you know, having conversations. Every time she had a conversation, she had a column to lean on. She had like a Roman column to lean on and just pose. And it was, it was, it, I couldn't stop looking at that. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> such a good point. Um <laughs> And her kids are the cutest, and I think it's important. And somebody brought it up in one of our groups when we were discussing that, you know, it's important for women of color to see images of breastfeeding and lactation and all of that, because that is something that um, some of the minority communities here, uh, not enough women breastfeed their children. Oh. And that's something for them to see on the screen and talk about it is actually important for them for awareness. I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. And they were, they were thankful that so many women on Potomac were open to showing that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, All right. I'll allow it. But so now, is that does that make you feel better about her dance? I don't. I hated the dance. There yeah, was no need for the dance. Yes, no, no <laughs> exactly. You can show all that stuff, but I don't know why you have any need for that dance. That dance. <laughs> was I was like, Wendy, no, stop it. Yeah, Giselle yeah. and Jamal go on a car ride, and it's the weirdest fucking car ride I've ever seen. Giselle's basically just his like Lyft driver. <laughs> yeah. 
And what's the strangest conversation? There was a, it was stranger than a Juan Dixon and Robin Dixon conversation. It was the weirdest thing. And it was like, just tells me that like, you can be, well, we know that Jamal is a fucked up guy, but like you can be in your whatever forties or fifties or whatever, however old he is and still talk like a fuck boy. Like, yeah. okay. So I wrote the whole thing. Okay. First Jamal <laughs> gets into the car and he's there for an event for their daughter. And he forgets why why he's there because when she asked, he's like, "Oh, what?" She asked him. She says, "How was it?" And he goes, "It was all a blur." And she's like, "What?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, also Angel killed it." And it's like, "Well, yeah. did you actually pay attention?" And then the other thing I noticed that was like a really uncool move on Jamal's part is Jamal was holding what I call the oh shit handle. You guys know what the oh shit handle is in the car? I do. I don't know what is it. You know when you sit in the passenger seat and there's like the thing that you can hang your like dry cleaning on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jamal was holding on to it. It was just a really uncool move. <laughs> Jamal, you're not winning any points. Wendy, you're not winning any points with that weird breast milk song. And Jamal, you're not winning any points with that weird ass, like, <laughs> old man, oh shit. Hand- so maybe because she was speeding down the it's highway. She was trying to get him the fuck out of her car. Yeah. So they have this really weird exchange. And this is how it goes. Giselle, I'm missing you in all seriousness, Jamal. Only other option is we not continue down this road. But for me, that's not an option. Jamal, what do you mean? Your battle cry was you wanted your space. That was your singular priority. You didn't want to lose yourself. So I have been intentional. I have been intentional not to infringe on that. I was like, what the fuck is this? Giselle says, there's no independence. Or individuality with me anymore. No matter what, we are together. Am I the only one thinking this? And then Jamal is like, I don't assume anything. Your progression of thought is a new entity that you have not introduced (laughs) until 90 seconds ago. And then she's like looking at him. She's like, so? And he's like, I'm in. I'm relieved. Yeah, and they, and then he looks at her. He goes, "It's like the hermit and the crab." And I was like, "What does this mean?" <laughs> Can you? This is what this is exactly what's in her book that she got an award for. This is the kind of writing that's in her book that she got an award for. <laughs> it's just so weird because it's like what I took from that is she's saying, "I miss you," and the only option besides us what being you inferred from it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's use some words, okay? What I inferred from yeah. that discussion was that Giselle misses him. And that yeah. the only option is that either they're together or they're not together. And he's I like, I too perceived that. <laughs> yeah, he just goes, okay, I'm relieved. And like, it's weird because Giselle's not saying, Let, let's have you move up here. I feel like I want you to move in with me. She's yeah. just like, I feel like there's no me without you. And he's like, I bet. Like, that's cool. That's fine. And then she drops him off at the airport and they do this weird ass out hug that I give like my cousins on Thanksgiving. It was was so platonic. And she was like, Jamali, Jamali. I'm like, that's (laughs) something you would say to your cousin too. (laughs) It would be like, oh, Jamali. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so weird. And I'm like, I'm like you, Richie. I know people don't like Giselle, but I love Giselle because she stirs things up. I just just don't enjoy the Jamal storyline, the Jamal restaurant storyline was uninteresting to me. The, but I do Fridays for his kids. Like I'm not impressed. No, it was that storyline was interesting only to one audience, the IRS. <laughs> right. 
I feel like the best scenes with Giselle too were the scenes with her daughters at home. Yes. I always felt like the daughters were always very insightful and, you know, gave great advice to her mom, but we didn't see that. Right. I agree. I think that the daughters and also her, her gay, her friend, Kay, Kyle, is it Kyle? Yeah, I think so. I'm just making that up. Yeah. I think I don't know if it's Kyle, but her gay is really great. He's really yeah. all he's also wonderful. But yeah, I just like there's a lot of rumors that Giselle's not actually in a relationship with Jamal, that this is all for the show. And that exchange and the weird ass out church hug, I was like, You guys are not fucking. I get out of here. That's not how you hug somebody that flies in to check on you and the kids and have sex with you. You don't. That's the other don't thing. Do Why don't they show her and Jamal in a relationship? They they're always meeting outside. It like she stays in a hotel when she goes to Atlanta, and then he comes here and he is like she's picking him up. Why couldn't they have shown him having breakfast with her? Or it's such a weird, weird way of even filming him. I don't think they're actually together. I think it's all just for the show. Hmm. That's my theory. Okay. I don't think I really cared either. <laughs> that is, that, I think that is the problem that Richie is bringing up is that there's that story is not compelling, right, Richie? So you, it's, it's not, not right. interesting it's not at all. all. Yeah. So we see Monique's live show. Um, Ashley comes, Karen cancels on her. And then Ashley tells Monique, Karen said that she'd press charges if she was in. Candace's situation and Monique is flabbergasted. I think um, this was her third live show for her podcast. Like, who's listening to your podcast that you need to have a live show that you spend $200,000 on? No, and also, it was, like, not a packed show. Like, no, it wasn't. She sold, like, she sold 20 tickets, and everybody else was an invitee. Yeah, so, actually, one of our future guests is mixing it with Monty. Yeah. She's gonna be, she was actually in the crowd, and so... She she's was? Hoping, oh, yeah, wow. She was, she was one of the people sitting at the table. She was sitting right behind them when they were talking. So Ooh. I can't wait to get her insight on what she saw there. Um, because to me, it seemed like a very empty little setup. It didn't seem like there were a lot of people there. And yeah. then it was better than Robin's um, uh, lecture series for sure. <laughs> but yeah, this was, uh, this was still sad. It was very sad. And I want to know where her $200,000 are going because she has really bad help. Because she has that moderator who she's like, listen, all you can don't ask me any questions about Candace. And, and the first like question, the first question. <laughs> like, how are you and Candace doing? I was like, does everybody hate you, Monique? Like, why <laughs> would your own help do that? I know. It was so and, well, weird. and also, this is your live podcast. Why do you need a moderator and a panel? Why do you, why do you call it a panel? I didn't understand yeah. that. This is not your, again, this is not a conference where you have panels and a moderator walking through the crowd. Right. I thought that was strange. That was the one question they, sh- they showed was, what did the, how was your relationship with Candace? And she couldn't even give content for her podcast. You know, it was just, I think she said, pray for us. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If you want to sell more than three tickets for your show, then you should probably spice things up. You're a fucking real housewife. Like, put in the work on the off hours. And actually, I would respect Monique a lot more if she actually said the shit that was out in the blogs. And and to some degree, I am respecting her now more because she is talking more on like social media and she's like actually being straightforward in her jabs. What was annoying back then? This is all how, like, I remember seeing stuff on social media when all this stuff came out. 
back then was Monique was acting like she was the one that was attacked and she was sitting there quietly and all the blogs were doing the talking. But like that, I don't respect that. Like that's why, you know, I don't love Bethany Frankel, but Bethany says it to your face. I don't like Ramona, but Ramona says it to your face. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I didn't like about Monique. And again, like even our podcast, like just fucking say what's going on. Like don't, don't pussyfuck. I, I think it was a um, it was a lot more interesting on Wendy's event. Yes, Wendy's event in um, Monique's event. So Wendy has an event called Wine with Wendy, and she has Black Girls Vote come, which is amazing. And she's talking about how to be how to empower Black voices, how to empower. Right. Black businesses, especially black female owned businesses, how to use your voice as a business owner with your representatives and how to hold them accountable. It was awesome. But I was really distracted by two things. Okay. Candace wore some dumb fucking shoes. Mm -hmm. And Robin wears a wig that is so crazy, but I have a theory about why she wore it. Well, I was more distracted by um, Giselle's dress. I really like that dress. You liked it? I did. Oh my god! It felt like it was. It felt like it was Halloween inspired, and it was like blood all over her. It I love that dress. Oh my god! It was terrible. I now I seriously um, I have to start looking at your Instagram posts to see. Hey, what's what's Noor's fashion like? <laughs> no, my my fashion but you know is great. But you know what? I like, uh, you know, I dress like Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules. So I cannot be, I cannot judge fashion, but I can tell, I thought that was a monstrosity, at least on her. I don't know. Maybe it would look pretty on you, but on Giselle, that was I a lot. I know, was, I know she Giselle, had very heavy makeup on too. Oh, I mean, I know Giselle has terrible fashion, but of all the things, the terrible things that she's worn, I feel like that was like pretty low on the terrible scale. True, true. But that doesn't mean it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's my theory about why Robin wore that wig. Because so the whole event is, you know, about like it's co-hosted by Black Girls Vote. They're talking about Black Lives Matter and empowering Black women. And I think Robin wore that wig because her regular hair is like a straight up Karen haircut. And not Karen Huger, like a white lady, Karen haircut. Like she is fully, I need to speak with a manager with her regular hair. And I think that's why she wore the wig because there's no ah. way that her in with that stupid ass Karen haircut that she has. That's giving Robin a lot of, you're giving Robin <laughs> a lot of leeway there. I don't think Robin thinks like that. <laughs> I think you're Robin right. wakes up and says, huh, what do I wear? Oh, Here's the wig that somebody gave me that I thought I would try on. Let me try it on. That's what happened to drop it. It's a bad way. I think uh, it matched uh, Giselle's dress. It did. It was the same sort of hue of maroon. Yes. It was Bordeaux. It was a Bordeaux wig with a Bordeaux dress for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what do you think of the dress. event itself and what Wendy was saying? I loved it. I thought it was a great event. Um, I thought that, like, I know people don't like Wendy, but Wendy's the only person that's actually talking about any substance on the shows. And I think that it becomes difficult because most of us do watch Housewives ironically, right? Mm-hmm. We're not watching it like these sincere fans. Like, even Richie, right. when he was talking about Ramona, it's like he had to basically lie to Ramona to manipulate her to get her to, like, talk to him. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so we know that we know that these aren't necessarily sincere, genuine people. So it becomes, mm. I think, 
it's difficult for us to compartmentalize and say that we could like somebody and think that they're ridiculous, but also find substance in what they're bringing to the show, right? Like, I think that that's, that's what I like actually about Potomac is that generally speaking, their nonsense and their fighting is still very like, it's still petty and it's still fun because it doesn't actually break them down as human beings. I think what's difficult with the Monique Candace breakdown is that you do then have to have these conversations about like, what does this say as this per about this person as a whole? Mm-hmm. What does it say about Monique as a whole person when she is running around saying, I'm going to kill you? Right. Yeah. So I think- that's, that's as, as serious as Potomac got, but most yeah. of the time what they have with the fights they have and the arguments they have is, um, petty stuff that they can get over, and they, I think, part, uh, most of them find them find these fights humorous themselves. It uh, this is one of the franchises where I think that the women actually find each other funny. Do you and think? Do you feel yeah. that? Like I, I genuinely think Giselle finds Karen to be funny and laughs at her. Karen finds Giselle to be funny and laughs at her with her and at her. And they do all of them laugh a little bit at Candy and, yeah. you know, Candy S. Yeah. And it's, I think they all are doing that. And then Monique took it to a very serious level. And that's part of the reasons why they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's also like why we love New York, right? Because even on New York, right. they say plain shit to each other, but it's fun. And like early, I'm sure, Richie, you're seeing this in early seasons of Atlanta. They're so shady to each other. But it's funny because, like, they know that, like, part of this is, like, the comedy of it all, right? Like, so I think I think that's what's different about the Monique and, and Candace fight as well. I agree with you, Arthi, that, like, it kind of takes the fun out of it. But, like, yeah. I, uh, oh, the other thing that they said um, before we get into Karen and Candace talking that was really interesting at the show is that Karen um, – Ashley asked Karen – Karen, um, I, you know, are you into politics? And Karen says, I lay low because I just vote for what's right. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, when somebody says that, I'm like, what does that mean? Does that yeah. mean that Candace like, wrote in a third party in 2016? Because, or not Candace, sorry. Does that mean that Karen wrote in a 26, wrote in a third party in 2016? No, I think, Can, I think Karen was trying to say, hey, uh, she was like, uh, um, uh, Candace, I see where you're, t- where you're trying to drag me. And I'm going to stay in my lane and not enter Wendy's lane. I think they were trying to get Karen and Wendy to go at each other. And I think Wendy came prepared for that. But Karen was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm not entering her lane. I'm not going to talk about, I'm not, I'm going to throw shade from far, but I'm not going to pretend that, you know, that's, that's Karen saying, yeah, I'm on a whole other level. Don't try to put me in with Wendy. Basically, I think Karen is at a point where she's like, if there's going to be drama around me, it's going to be the drama I create. <laughs> yes, I will say that. I think Karen is very much in control of the drama that's happening around her. And I think Karen knows how to play the game. Yeah. I think that's she, why Karen and Giselle are so, such good housewives because they both know how to play the game. Yeah. They yeah. Monique doesn't know how to play the game well. She gets all yeah. flustered. She gets too yeah. crazy. When she brought on Giselle's boyfriend's ex-wife. Like, yeah. she just she gets too messy and she's not good at it. Like, Giselle and Karen stay cool 
And even when they fight, like they're still there for each other. I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Karen and Candace have words and Karen tells Candace, you know, I protected you in the past and I'm not doing more for Monique than I did for Candace. I Again, love I that dialogue. I loved everything Karen so said in that scene. Do you have it somewhere? I don't, I forgot to write it down, but. I didn't um, write this one down. I thought it was more important to write down Jamal's weirdness. <laughs> of um, course. It was. It was. Let's not be. Let uh, Yeah. I apologize. I shouldn't have asked great. you to write down good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Karen, Karen is doing great. She's explaining it to Candace. I think she's doing a wonderful job. And then Wendy comes in. Again, look, I'm all in on Wendy. Okay. I love Dr. Osefo. But she came in putting her nose in where it did not belong. When Wendy invited Candace to come to this event, um, she remember she went, uh, just before she hung up, she said, uh, I just want you to know I have your back. Yeah. So when Karen and um, Candace went downstairs to talk, it's super clear that Wendy and Karen don't like each other. And yes. so Wendy is going in with bias of Karen is going to be wrong. But what Karen was basically saying to um, Candace was that, you know, I I don't care what you think and why I, why you think I should be acting, but no one tells me how to act and who to back. She was masterful in that. She did not lose her temper or anything. She did not get mad. Well, she was doing great. And then even putting Wendy in her place, she was doing great until Karen said a couple of things that were crazy. Karen said she wanted to see a full medical report <laughs> on Monique's condition that mm -hmm. caused before she has she makes any further comments about Monique and it was like so ridiculous because I was like is she waiting for like a debriefing from Fauci like what the fuck is she waiting for she expects uh, Monique to have a proper press conference yeah <laughs> she's <laughs> like she's like when Monique has her uh, proper press conference we will learn more and you just you guys just need to have some patience because Monique is going to have a press conference and announce <laughs> that she has anger issues and she's gonna she's going to therapy and yeah. um you're all gonna look stupid at that point so <laughs> that's what she's it was so interesting because like Candace was like, you know, I've been going to therapy and Karen was like, this isn't just physical. Look at her. It's emotional for her. It was like, yeah, no shit, Karen. Yeah. Dragged on national TV and beat by your old friend. Yeah. You're going to end up going to therapy, Karen. Yeah. No, I thought they were setting up uh, a confrontation between Monique and Karen because right earlier yes. when, when uh, Ashley you know, right, told right, uh, right. Monique that uh, Karen is the one that advised Candace to seek legal action. And that was a surprise to Monique. So I thought yeah, we're going to see a, a large confrontation between Monique and Karen. Maybe I'm wrong, but. No, I think you're onto something because even last week I talked about what's, what's coming out in the social medias is that all this stem from the girls wanting to drag Monique down and spread all these rumors about her baby and an abortion and all this nasty stuff. And Candace was there when this conversation happened, and so was Karen. Candace says she shut it down, and she went and told Monique. Monique is saying, I didn't find out from Candace, my friend. I found out from Karen what they were talking about. So I think what's happening, and I think what's really coming to a head, is that Karen is sort of in the middle of this, because I think Karen knows that she fucked up, and I think that 
last week it was like Candace feeling like Karen wasn't having her back. And so Candace came for Karen. Right. And now this week it's Monique feeling like she doesn't have her back. And I think next week she's going to come for Karen. So I yeah. think the grand dame is going to have some splaining to do because I think she may have caused this. And I feel like maybe this is Bravo's way of like roundabout getting to that point that like all of this really started because well, all of it started because Giselle is a piece of shit. But yeah. It got worse because I think Karen spoke up and tried to be a good friend and it, and it ultimately shot her on the foot because you should just be quiet. You just don't get involved. That's yeah. what we've learned. Um, yeah. The other funny thing that happened is that the ladies upstairs were talking. Ash is like, well, Monique has been saying that she's been she hasn't been getting a lot of sleep. And Wendy's like. I don't get any sleep. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go fuck someone up. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Ashley says, well, she sides with Monique because Monique was nice about the whole Michael touching people's butts in the basement thing. I 100% believe that Monique and Chris Samuels had tape. They chose to put it aside. They chose not to put it, put their business out. And that's why Ashley has Monique's back. I think Monique is slowly learning how to make alliances on the show. And I think this is how she thought she was going to win Ashley over. Because it's obvious that Ashley's kind of like the butt of the joke a lot of times for Giselle and Robin, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that Monique saw her in there with Ashley and kind of like that's how she got Ashley on her side. Could be. We'll see. But that's where the suspense lies in this show. It's so good and... This again, this episode was not the greatest, but there was quite a bit of um, masala in there for us to yeah. chew on. I really and enjoyed it. I think I'm just, yeah, I'm just, it's again, still like the best show right now on Bravo. It is. It is. Richie, are you watching House um, OC? I have watched the first two episodes. How do you okay. feel about it? You can watch it. It's fine. We're not going to cancel you. We're not going to judge you, Richie. You can, this is a safe space. You can tell us. Yeah, it's a safe space for everyone except for Stassi Schroeder. Go on. I think they uh, they're almost they're making me miss Tamra at some point, which is not a good feeling. What? Yeah, it's not it's not a good feeling to have. I thought Tamra was good at her job. You know, she knew uh, she did production and she knew how to turn storylines. I just I don't know where they're gonna go. I think the Bron most interesting is gonna be Bronwyn. You know, she has sobriety, but also clearly went with uh, COVID and other political with Black Lives Matter. You know, she's gonna go up against all the other OC housewives, which I'm going to enjoy. So I think, I think Bronwyn to me is going to become like, were you able to stand Kelly Dodd? No. See, in this past week's episode, she wasn't in it very much. Oh, okay. And the thing about Kelly, right. I, I did like Kelly when she was on originally, Mm -hmm. but I liked her because she would troll the trace amigas. Like completely uh-huh. trolled. Yes, and that I, I part felt, of Kelly, I actually enjoyed that part. I used to I enjoy did, her. I would laugh because she would really she, that she would annoy everyone. You know, she would annoy Vicky, Tamara, and, and Shannon, and she would just and and, and I, I was I was delighted today. And she she really, I think she ultimately got them off the show. Yes. You know, she I think she ultimately she yeah. won that she won that and got Vicky and Tamara off. But then you know, she, now she's I I can't tolerate her. Her social media is. Is I, I can't I can't follow her because you know she doubles down on the. You on think her. it went to our head, or is it? It has nothing to do with that. It's just her personal life and personal views are so obnoxious that. Yes, so I think it's who she is. I think it's who she is, but I dismissed it because she was going after the, the Trace Amigas, mm-hmm. and I you know I enjoyed that. I felt like you know this you know she's doing this for the viewer. <laughs> Fancy pants. Heather was right about Kelly though. 
She was, she always thought Kelly was trash. I agree. I agree. Right. And I, and I totally understand that point of view too, because I did watch last season, was it? Or the season before where Kelly like bonked Shannon on the head. Yeah. The- right. Hysterical. Right. That was, Hysterical. Really yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, but I think, I think that that's, I think that's really funny when to see because you're like I love the bitchy kid at school going after the mean girls right like I love that I think everybody wants to see that I think it's always really fun to see but I think where it becomes a problem is because Kelly Dodd in her off hours when she's offline when she's not at work is a crazy person she's awful and she has enough of a platform where she is now pushing insane very problematic things just like Siggy right like Siggy's another one that like they have such a problematic like problematic use of their platform that seeing them on TV isn't fun anymore I mean you said that she wasn't really in the last episode who knows maybe they're slowly fading her out like maybe there's going to be less and less Kelly time on TV that would be interesting if they did but then what would you be left with (laughs) it is going to be interesting to see people like because I know Emily like she she talked about how she voted for Trump in 2016, and I don't yeah. think that she's voting for Trump this year. I think it's good seeing those kinds of shifts. Like when COVID hits them, is going to be maybe interesting for people who are watching. I'm not yeah. watching. I'm not. But, so we'll wait for you. We'll wait. We'll bring Richie on mid season yeah. again, maybe Richie. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely. can give us an update on your um, Atlanta as well as well as um, OC. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. But <laughs> what, what, what? One more comment: the icing out of Monique also means we're icing out T'Challa, and that's just not. That's not cool. Yes, yeah. That's I feel cool. like we're still gonna get T'Challa and interstitial. Okay. Like I feel like to yeah, I feel like T'Challa is still. You know, he gets his. There wasn't enough T'Challa in this episode. The past, this past it. Oh, we- yeah, it would be amazing to see like the T'Challa and the pastor just like having a conversation right. about Monique current state of affairs T'Challa <laughs> is like by the way oh it's and not the- Candace it's the husband like right well Richie thank you for joining us I'm sorry that we had some technical issues but we'll hopefully uh get you on again and next time we'll we'll figure out how to figure the sound problems but- I love you guys I love the show and uh keep mentioning me every show that you know, yeah, that's, yeah. That that's, me, that's become our good luck charm me, now, Richie. If we mention you, we know that we're getting, we're doing good. People listen to us. I'm the, I'm the mascot slash intern. Yes. Of your, of your slash yes. You're our dear friend, friend, dear friend, non-accountant, non-attorney, non-spokesperson, intern, friend, dear, dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Richie. Well, thank you for joining. Um, hey, guys, it's October 28th. And by the next time we record, the world might have turned upside down in some way, good or bad. Uh, Nobody knows. Uh, you got to worry about white supremacists and how they're going to act, whichever way the election goes. So that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, what? Uh, if you haven't uh, mailed your ballot, please, please, please go in person and would or put it in the mail ballot box. Do not mail it now. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. yeah, we're releasing this episode on Saturday. So if you listen to this and are like, "Shit, I gotta go vote," yeah, you're gonna have to go drop off that mal- the the ballot. You d- do not put it or in or do it in person. Stay mm-hmm. safe. Wear a mask. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but do what? Don't give it up. Don't give up. Don't give up. As always, that's Arthi. That's Noor. 
Bye. Bye.